Welcome back to I Just Don't Know. This is the second part of this fascinating episode about the lost city of Atlantis. To recap on what I look back on in part one, we're looking at the different origins and inspirations for this epic myth, legend and story that has captured the imaginations of many, many civilizations. What we're going to do now in this second part is look a little bit more about the story itself and how it's influenced uh, us and and recent civilizations and to see how in literature and art this great story now lives today and the different theories of potentially if this city or empire did really exist. So my second assumption for this episode on the the lost city of Atlantis is that fundamentally it's not real and there's no possible locations for it at all. Uh, It's just, as I said in my the first part, it's just a story. It's there's something that is is sort of you being well come from a an interesting origin story used as an example to create another or used as an example to create an explanation for utopia a perfect civilization but fundamentally it's it's not real and there's there's definitely no location uh, of the atlantis uh, well the city of atlantis or the atlantan empire but if this was true or if this civilization 9000 years ago did exist well, where could it be? And what could it have looked like? So that's what we're going to explore in this next part and try to look at this assumption that it's it's simply just not real. And that people such as the... Uh, there is a, a professor from Arizona I read who pretty much just... is pre- It's pretty brutal when it comes to... The idea of Atlantis, and let me say, she's Julia uh, Anas, uh, a professor in yeah, the University of Arizona. She literally says the continuing industry, industry of discovering Atlantis, illustrates the dangers of Plato, reading Plato. He clearly uses it as a device of fiction, and it's proven that when stressing historicity of an event. He is a clear indicator that is that it is fiction because he does this systematically through his works that every time he tries to make something historical, it is definitely fiction. He uses it to examine the ideas of government and power. And anyone trying to find Atlantis and scouring the, the seabed is just is just ridiculous and uh, and you you need to be you need to be careful misunderstanding historical documents. So bit of a party pooper, but uh, but this uh, but we're going to look into this if it was real or it is real. Where is it and where could it have been? And there's loads of loads of content here. So uh, let's see um, let's see how this goes. The supposed father of the Atlantic or the city of Atlantis and the legend of the Atlantean Empire 
is actually being given to someone quite recent in history, let alone not not Plato, but uh, a politician in America, over in Minnesota, a populist politician, so man of the people, supposedly, in 1882. He was called Ignatius Donnelly. Uh, so it's a bit of a tricky first name, but Donnelly. He was born in Philadelphia in, and Pennsylvania, and he moved to, to Minnesota there, and he decided to consider Plato's account as largely factual and a clear indicator that there was an ancient civilization to be discovered or to be studied. And he made 13 key statements in his work uh, that that was called the Atlantis, the Andilvian world. I forgot got that right. Uh, Andilvian world. It's not, not the easiest thing to read. Um, but he wrote this book, very popular. Everyone was fascinated by it after. But it was an idea that there is a, mo- a, mo- well, it's a modern day theory that there was this great society uh, that out there. And he was inspired by our man, Charles Etienne Brassier de Bourbon, um, as well as some field work uh, by Augustus uh, Le Ponion, another Frenchman over in the Yucatan Peninsula and these great Mayan temples. And he was, uh, he, he, the idea that this this great civilization was the origin of of these other civilizations further down the roads, whether it be the Mayans, the Aztecs, the ancient Egyptians. But his thirteen statements was the first that it, there was a, once existed an Atlantic Ocean opposite the Mediterranean, a large island uh, where it was potentially a remnant of the of the sort of uh, African con- continent, but. I think uh, in this case more the remnant of the of an Atlantic continent, and uh, known as the as the H, uh, as Atlantis. Secondly, that the island by the description given by Plato of this island with this uh, he actually described it with a great mountain, uh, uh, with a with a large huge area of grassland to the south. Uh, so let's actually I'm, I actually want to look into this a bit more a bit more detail. The, the, how Atlantis was actually described. Uh, he says that, uh, let's have a look here. Yes, yeah, so he, he describes it as uh, this island was the nature and size of once existent, evident from what is said to be certain authors who investigated the things around the outer sea. So what they found was that there were seven islands in that sea in the time, uh, three of enormous size, one of which was sacred to Hades, Hades another to Amom, another one to Poseidon, uh, the extent of which was a thousand stadia, uh, 200 kilometers. And the inter- inhabitants preserved the remnants of the ancestors of a measurable large island of Atlantis, which really did exist there, which for many ages reigned over all islands in the Atlantic Sea, of which had likewise been sacred to Poseidon, now things Marcellus has written in the Ethopicia. So the last bit, ignore the last bit, but overall what the story is there uh, from the ancient ancient history there and what was inspiring uh, Donnelly here was that the these islands out in the Atlantic were ruled by a larger island. And I, and that sounds, especially thinking about one island was, was, was loyal to or given to, to Hades and others to, to, to the other, other deities, 
it makes me think of, of Tenerife uh, with the black, potentially black uh, sand and beaches there. You'd imagine that was would be given to Hades, this, the sort of the, the 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 keeper of the underworld, and I'm sure Tenerife has changed over hundreds of years, but I can't imagine it cha- has changed massively in the last sort of 2,500 years. But potentially they're talking about the, the Tenerife and that those sort of islands. Was there another island out there? And Donnelly thinks potentially there was. Uh, so let's. Uh, so the last um, part part here was uh, that uh, Donnelly wanted to, to, to outline was that Plato's island was not a fable. It's not a story. It is history. But uh, let's move on to the to the the third statement he made was that Atlantis was a region where man first rose from a state of barbarism to civilization. So along the lines of the Atlantic people was a, a a representation of utopia. So not necessarily Plato's idea that they are the other, something to fear and the antagonist against the protagonist of Athens. Number four, Donnelly says that it became that over the course of ages, a, a populous and mighty nation from whose emigrants from the Gulf of Mexico, the Mississippi River, the Amazon River, South America, the Mediterranean, Europe, Africa, the Baltic, Black Sea, Caspian Sea, populated, populated the empire of, of Atlantis. And he also said number five was that there was uh, the true Atlantean world was the Garden of Eden, the Garden of the Elysian Fields, everything that every time someone has described these amazing lands, well, that was Atlantis itself. And this is where early mankind dealt or dwelt for ages in peace and happiness. So very much stress in the idea of, of utopia. Number six, that the gods and goddesses of ancient Greek, uh, the Hindu gods, the Scandinavian gods, the kings and queens were the heroes of Atlantis. And that that's where all this inspiration for these great religions, all the way to yeah Hinduism, it was it was inspired by actual historical events. So this is where it's getting a bit out, 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 outrageous, but again, uh, let's go with it. That Atlantis is the source of these great religions, especially number seven, the mythology of Egypt and Peru, represented the actual the original religion of Atlantis, which was some worship. So going back to some of the well, original ideas, uh, observations 50 years before this uh, in the early 19th century, that the sun god is the so common factor here between the religions of Central America, Southern America and uh, and Egypt, and the Atlantis is the, the bridge between that. Number eight is that the oldest colony formed by Atlantis was Egypt. So Egypt was a direct descendant of the Atlanteans, and there's obviously so much about Egypt we don't know, but it is definitely one of the most fascinating ancient civilizations out there. And uh, it's, it's, it's the, the the pyramids deserve many, many episodes on itself, so we're not going to delve too much on that. And number nine is that the, the Bronze Age of Europe derived from Atlantis itself, and the Atlanteans, Atlanteans actually was the first to... to manufacture iron and therefore dominate warfare and dominate the to the, the land and therefore explaining why they were such a, a feared enemy uh, by the Athenians. They were, number 10, they were the origin and the parent of the European alphabet uh, as well as the 
Um, this can this could potentially be conveyed by by the languages left by the Mayans. Again, a bit a bit of a stretch there. Number eleven, that the Atlanteans were the potential original sort of. Uh, they were the original seat of the of a of a root of a race, and this is by uh, in line with a, a, a slightly kooky lady called Helena Blavatsky, who says that the Atlantean people were the fourth race, and it leads unfortunately uh, into that the fifth race was the Aryan race. So again, getting into a bit of a, a, a race battle here of of the origins of the, the the people of this world. Number twelve, the Atlanteans. Atlantis, Atlanteans perished in a terrible convulsion of nature in which the whole island was sunk, sunk into the ocean. So he's very much just adopting uh, what was mentioned by Plato and uh, Critias. And then lastly, 13, that the, the few people who escaped on ships and rafts carried, uh, were carried east and west from this appalling catastrophe of, this, of the island being sunk. And they, in their own time, became legends of different nations, old and new. So again, the idea of of forming the those some of the religions of 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 these different parts of the world, whether it's Greek, Scandinavia, in Hindu, this came from the stories shared by Atlanteans that managed to survive the sinking of of the Atlantic of Atlantis itself. So, Mister Donnelly has uh, he he brought to life the idea of of Atlantis and because of his slightly outrageous assumptions and and statements uh, to prove it perhaps formed more in the imaginations of of the people of America and people of Europe when this book was published rather than the academic community at all or anyone seriously trying to take seriously the possibility of this ancient civilization it pushed it even further into the idea of of a romantic idea and a and a and a myth and a story that eventually turned into a Disney film. So this really was he. I can see why he. I'm glad he brought to life the legend of of Atlantis, but he really pushed it into the onto the field of of fiction. And and you could say that that is a shame because I didn't. There's so much more to this story that uh, that is not his assumptions and his strange sort of intentions here and uh but there's so much more that could actually answer if atlantis did sort of exist and this is where we're going to sort of touch on next on the possible locations and ideas of this and before we go into that there is another person who more recently graham hancock who you might have heard of who's a bit of a pseudo-scientist pseudo-historian and he wrote a book the fingerprints of the gods and he kicks off or, re- or regenerates the idea of finding the location of of Atlantis, and he really focuses on the idea of the climate and the cycles of of the Earth over hundreds and thousands of years. He actually says, alongside some other people, uh, that Atlantis was potentially in uh, in the in, in Antarctica. And I'm going to work backwards from this one because the idea that there is a hidden civilization that has completely been devastated and, and disappeared because of in the in the middle of the Antarctica that we've not managed to really explore and satellites can't necessarily penetrate underneath it is a, is a, a great idea it's a nice idea because you can't prove it but his theory of uh, the crustal movements that 
Antarctica potentially used to be in the middle of the Atlantic and now has moved south or a pole shift uh, caused this great uh, devastating sort of change to to what the earth looks like and causing um, the Atlantis to sink to the bottom of the ocean or be frozen over and sink to the to, to the deep deep depths um, again bit of fiction and actually inspired the 2012 film um, that uh, that I have seen as well that where where pole shifts where the earth is actually changing pole where the south pole becomes the north the north to the south causes absolute devastation to the whole planet and people have to retreat to an ark so using the story of Noah's ark again as a as inspiration for that film and and uh, so is Atlantis in Antarctica well um, that it's a nice story but Graham Hancock's sort of idea that these great civilizations are all linked by by religion we we could get go on for a long time about that but i wanted to move on to the possible locations and how interesting many civilizations and and communities and societies in the past have always tried to claim possible locations for for atlantis and then trying to link it to themselves um so first off it could be near it could have been Santorini where we mentioned before it could have been an island in the in Greece as close as that that was completely submerged by by that great event and uh, so that could that's a possibility the the idea that the southern tip uh, I think it was the the um, uh, Laconi I think I want to call it uh, southern tip of, of Greece could have actually been the uh, was it beyond the was it beyond the thing of Hercules? Oh, I've completely forgotten now. Uh, the Straits, well, the Straits, Pillars of Hercules, that's the one. The Pillars of Hercules might not have actually been the southern tip of uh, Spain going into the Atlantic. It actually could have potentially been southern Greece. I sort of doubt that. I think the Greek, ancient Greeks did explore most of Greece. They had boats. They were, they, they were able to navigate and go all the way to Sicily. They did actually try to uh, conquer Sicily in sort of 431 BC and so well sorry 415 bc and they failed so they definitely explored that far west so i don't think sardinia or southern italy could be the potential explanation of the atlantic people um looking to invade uh all of all of asia minor and athens um but the but then that we goes further along was the where they potentially uh, was it potentially in morocco and on the west coast of africa did Africa or Western Africa look slightly different back then? Well, this is a great question now. Is the Sahara 10,000 years ago was dense, supposedly dense woodland and jungle and was uh, was completely habitable with rivers and lakes. And and um, there is a, a, a place on sort of West Africa called in uh, Mauritiana, the Richard structure or the eye of Africa as it is. And it can be seen by from space and it's actually used by astronauts to, to navigate supposedly or, or at least know what's what uh, what's going on i'm not exactly sure but there's incredible structures definitely look at it look it up but it's absolutely huge miles and miles uh, across so about uh, 20 miles if not more 30 miles in uh, diameter but it really could have been uh, the basis of a, of a of a of a ringed city which is sort of along the lines of the description of of that was that was uh, that was outlined of this great city, and if it was surrounded by forest and lakes, it was a, a long way, but a decent way to Egypt, where it could be trading with 
it could be they could have had ports going into the Atlantic Ocean and they would get enter the Mediterranean via sea rather rather than by land. Could be an option. Very interesting. Uh, then there was the Azores and Cape Verde and Madeira and the Canary Islands. Could it have been there? There is no island there right now that's big enough that matches the amount, but maybe they never actually went there. So they couldn't they didn't know the size of Atlantis. And actually the people were from the Cape Verde and Canary Islands and there is a volcano there with the great in Cape Verde that could be the great mountain that is is used in the in the in the poems and the stories that inspired it so could it be Cape Verde potentially um and these people could have looked to try to pillage it and venture into the eastern Mediterranean for for money and gold and people and slaves um there is even debate that Ireland is Atlantis and you'll love this one that the Irish long time ago well not the Irish that we know now but Ireland could have been Atlantis the the sort of Druid culture and the ancient Irish they they went south and and uh, well Ireland is definitely big enough Ireland to have a city but I I'm not sure about that and that was um, someone from 15 years ago suggesting this and it was it was completely a, a null hypothesis as, as completely rejected um but people as far as sort of this the, the potentially the celts were uh the linked to the atlantean people asked after the ice age and that the scandinavians were potentially the the origin of the of the atlantean people so potentially denmark or eastern denmark uh, before it was sort of broke apart from from sweden there was an island there that held a city and they traveled all the way around the tops of Scotland and, and into the Mediterranean to explore. So were they the Atlantean people? <laughs> Again, um, was is this a uh, indirect method by people in the 870s and 80s to try and link the Scandinavian people with, with the, the uh, say that they are Atlantean people? Um, it, and the Americans jumped on it as well, trying to explain... Um, with the discovery of the new world we talked a bit about that uh, Atlantis was somewhere along the, uh, the east coast of South America and uh, or even potentially off near Bermuda or the Bermudian Triangle where it's very difficult to navigate and we've not been able to sort of really explore it until fairly recently. Would it be somewhere out there in the middle of the Atlantis, Atlantic Ocean? The Americans like to think so. So even lastly... There is a theory that it was about 100, oh, 70 years ago by a guy, William Warren, um, promoted the idea that the North Pole supposedly was not uh, not as cold as it is now and further further south, and that could have been where the Atlantis was based, somewhere near the North Pole, like uh, modern-day Iceland or, or Greenland. So there's so many, so many um, ideas of where where this would be uh where sorry where atlantis could be and my favorite is the richard structure of the eye of africa the idea that nine thousand years ago supposedly five we know that five thousand years ago there was definitely sahara definitely looked differently and if it was jungle or forest or something more habitable milder where people could live and farm that the richard eye was something related to that potentially but over in sort of that sort of Western Africa area, there was a great civilization that flourished. Egypt was a product of that. And they, because of the climate, were able to flourish for longer with the Nile helping them. The Nile not drying up, whereas it did 
in the Saharas, the rivers in the Sahara did dry up and uh, the flats of the of the eye of Africa, it's actually proven to be salt on the top, suggesting it could have been a great lake or river or some sea. So maybe Africa looked very differently 10,000 years ago. So could there be a civilization that lived there and just with climate cycles and changes and that they eventually were devastated to a point where the civilization had to just move and change. And uh, and, and it wasn't perhaps one great day that, that caused it. Uh, it could have been over a period of time. But fundamentally, they, 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 it was something to do with sort of Western Africa uh, on that. Um, that's, where, that's where potentially they are. So that's my favorite. Uh, it's completely made up and absolutely fiction in, in some eyes. Some eyes, it could be potentially the truth. It doesn't matter, but it's quite fun to think about the possibility that this great civilization once exists, whether it was a utopia or whether it was the definition of or the opposite of the perfect society of Athens and its republic. Instead, it was a a, a, a civilization of pride and, and greed and dominance in terms of just using fear and warfare and technology. Either one. It's fascinating today. So yeah, really, it's been it's been really enjoyable to 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 think about that and um, explore the, the the more later theories of Atlantis. So to finish up, overall, the legend and myth of the lost city of Atlantis is fundamentally fascinating. The unknown and where it, and what sort of the origins of it and where it could be we love it and over consistently throughout history especially in the last 500 years we have loved the idea of this great civilization that existed sometime between 9000 10000 years ago that were the antagonists against the athenians and we just want to know who they could have been where they could have been why they were there, what did they do, what technology they had, were they amazing, were they a utopia, or were they everything we, should, we need to try to avoid, the other that we must try to get away from. What I, what I take from this is that, what I, what I want to go back to my first assumption, just because something is a great story and has great imagination because of its production or inspiration in literature or, or film recently, that don't just assume it is completely a story. There is inspiration for everything. And sometimes that inspiration is potentially facts or at least real documents of real people writing it down, whether it's literature or not, fact or fiction. It's so important to actually look at where the inspiration came from and not just take things just because they're well-produced and they, uh, they, they capture imagination as this is what it is. Because you you miss actually the best parts of the story. There's so much more to this story of Atlantis than what was created 140 years ago by Donnelly in, in the US and his imagination or his assumptions. There's so much more to it and it's been so fun to look at the at what Atlantis could have been and what it meant to so many other civilizations over the last 2,000 years and what it meant to Plato and Athens and this story or historical historical event whatever you want to think it is it has meant so much to so many people it is represented so much to so many people and forming your own opinion about something 
beyond what is represented in art and literature is is really really important but i'll finish it off because i can link it to sort of what i've also learned here is that historians philosophers artists storytellers are inspired by geographical events what earth gives them real events that they had no control over but inspire incredible things and that is such as the thera eruption the minoan volcanic eruption the great tsunamis that cover cities and it it sort of rings true that the planet earth is a great creator of stories a great creator of myths and legends but it's also the culprit for and the cause for devastation death and the end of potentially a civilization that was more advanced than we can you even fathom and imagine 10,000 years ago and therefore we mustn't take the earth for granted and we mustn't underestimate the power of volcanoes the power of of a of what the earth can do to us and do to the civilization of people wherever we are and while it's not necessarily related exactly to Atlantis but I think it's uh, in terms of climate change as such um, but it definitely with Atlantis being a lost city and supposedly buried by the ocean it's definitely earth one Atlantis nil um, so let's finish it there Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. A slightly longer podcast than this one, but I've really enjoyed this topic. I've been prepping for it a little bit longer because I just love the stories, love the myths, love the legends. So, uh, but uh, thanks for listening and um, yeah, bye everyone. <laughs>